Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. How many were at the uh, missions conference when we had the, uh, when um, the group sang quietly? Remember that song? Raise your hand. This, this picture right here, it's a picture, uh, they were talking about China, an area in China, but this, this next, um, Caleb, if we can switch one click, there we go. Um, <clears throat> this picture right here is a country next door to China, and it's in an area where when, some, when people come to Christ and they're put together in these little churches, they come in in ones and twos over 10, 15-minute intervals because they don't want to attract attention when they come into the room and say, oh, those are believers in Christ, they're worshiping, and they get persecuted. So they, they filter in very slowly, and when they get together in, these, in the, the four walls of this small room, small house, a little apartment, they call them flats, they're sitting on the floor because they've been brought up in a Muslim culture where it's dishonoring to God to worship Him sitting in a seat. You're either flat on your face, you're standing up, you're kneeling, but you're never sitting. And so they're sitting on the floor, and they begin to worship in a whisper. Well, this young man, you see him uh, on the left, it's a picture of him when he was a Muslim. And then some, some missionaries, some church planters shared the gospel with him. He prayed to receive Christ, and you see him on the right getting baptized. Not long after he was baptized, his parents wanted him to recant his commitment to Christ, so they broke both of his arms, they broke his nose, and they tied him up in their house so he wouldn't escape. Now, at one point, he did escape. And he went to the church planters and he explained what was going on. And he said, but I have not given up my faith in Christ. And so the believers sent a trusted emissary to the family. And they said, your son, he's 18 years old. He says, they said, your, the, the emissary said, your son wants to come home. But, but you need to promise you're not going to hurt him anymore. And they agreed. And, and the case was made that you, you haven't hurt other believers, so why hurt your son? So they let him come back, and he's still at home. He's still walking with Christ. My question is, how was he able to endure this treatment? Now, before I answer that, I, I, I want to... To, to share this, I've been working on whenever I have a chance to, to preach or teach on a topic that they don't give me an assignment ahead of time saying, we want you to speak on this. I, I've been working on this, what I call my 316 series. It's the best 316, chapter 3, verse 16 verses in the Bible that are precious to me. And so about a year ago, last spring, I spoke on 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures inspired by God and prophet for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for teaching, for training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. During the, the missions conference, Dr. Smither asked me, he said, would you teach a workshop 
on John 3.16. That's my favorite verse in the Bible. Here's here's how I like to diagram it. I diagrammed this yesterday for a young guy in his mid-30s. Three years ago, I had the privilege of leading his cousin to Christ in Greenville. I drove up, shared the gospel with him, shared John 3.16, and he prayed to receive Christ, and he crossed over into a real relationship with God. The next year, I shared the same John 3.16 with that man's father. Two years later, yesterday, downtown, a cousin. I shared John 3.16. If, if 2 Timothy 3.16 is on the Word of God, I would say this is on the, the plan of God or the message of God. Anyway, I said, do you see anything keeping you from crossing over right now? I said, no. So we were in an office and we got on our knees and he prayed to receive Christ. It, it, I love it to see the gospel go from family member to family member. Well, this morning, to answer the question, how did that young man endure such persecution? I want us to look at Ephesians. What chapter? Three, what verse? 16. Let's look at Ephesians chapter three, verse 16. And Jennifer, I see you there. Is, is DeAndre in the, in the house? Okay, good. I want you to be making your way down. So I want you to sit down front. I I have something special for you later on, but I want you to be close. All right? Now, how in the world I missed you? I like to call him tiny. All right, so Ephesians 3.16. How did this young man endure this persecution? It wasn't because of his power on the outside. you, You saw skinny kid. It was his power on the inside, which brings us to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. This is what it says, that he would grant you, he being God, it starts off, well, I'll come back to that. Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. That young man was able to endure persecution not because of his power on the outside, but he was strengthened with power in his inner man, on the inside. Now, I want to make two observations uh, before we dig into the verse, and we'll go phrase by phrase when we dig into it. Observation number one, power is a theme through the book of Ephesians. Now, this is New American Standard, so how the, the word they translate power, they use seven times in this book. Chapter 1, verse 19. The surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. 121, far above all rule, authority, and power. Chapter 2, verse 2, the prince of the power of the air. 3, 7, I was made a minister according to the working of his power. Of course, 3, 16, we're going to look at that. 3, 20, according to the power that works within us. And 6, 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers. Now, in the book of Ephesians, there are two types of power. Power number one is demonic power. Uh, Good job, Caleb. So these blue verses, they show, they're, they're verses that deal with demonic power. 121, far above all rule and authority and power, the prince of the power of the air. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers, against the world force of this darkness, 
spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly places. Now, I am not someone who believes there's a demon behind every bush. But I am one who believes there are demons behind some bushes. Now, Dr. Nana, stand up, please. All right. Um, now, she's not a demon, okay? And <laughs> just, just to clarify. But I do want her to verify. Is that good? Um, several months, eight months ago. Okay, you may sit down. I just wanted to see who you are. And if, if, if I get off track here, you stand up and go, ah, oh, that's not right. Okay? Or maybe do it after chapel. <clears throat> I get a call from a young man. Um, he's probably in his 40s, 50s, okay, an old man. I, I call from an old man. And he wasn't the guy I knew. The guy I was talking to was not the guy I have known for almost 20 years. He says, I need your help. And it sounded like, because the change was so fast, that it was far more than some psychological condition that had gotten out of whack. So I said, I want you to drive to Columbia, and I'm going to have a professional counselor just to make sure. But I want you to fast. I'm going to fast. And I want you to pray, and I'm going to pray. And we get together, the three of us will try to discern what the issue is. Now, verify. Was he shaking? Very paranoid? We listened. And then we prayed. When he left the parking lot, verify now, we prayed that any demonic spirit that was impacting his life would be cast out. When he left the parking lot, he was a totally different person. Am I right? So, that was eight months ago. Just a few days ago over Thanksgiving, he emailed me. He says, thank you again for helping me in my time of need. I'm so thankful that Jesus wove you into my life. Have a blessed Thanksgiving, my friend. Some power is demonic. But, but the rest of the verses in the book of Ephesians, it, it's, it talks about not demonic power, but divine power. So, so you see those verses there. But, but, but go to the next slide, uh, Caleb. This divine power tends to be manifested in different ways. Sometimes it's toward us, like that 119. Uh, the greatness of his power toward us who believe, toward you. It's just saying that God's, God's powerful. Sometimes it's through us. I love talking about the, the, the power that goes through us, like Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we shall be His witnesses. We, we can go out and face the world. We can change the world. We can impact the world with the message of Jesus Christ because of the power that's working through us. 
But this verse this morning, it's talking about a power that's working in us. Strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So, second observation. This, this verse is contained within a prayer. And there are actually two of these prayers in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 1, starting with verse uh, 15, I call it the prayer of enlightenment. Because he says that, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you know what is the hope of his calling. What are the surpassing riches of his grace toward us who believe? And what's the, um, the riches of inheritance of, uh, toward us who believe? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? So, it says, I want you to learn something, uh, that your eyes would be enlightened, um, that you would comprehend something. It's a head thing. But chapter 3, verse 16, it's found within a second prayer. And this prayer I call the prayer of empowerment. It's not that you would learn something. He's praying that the Ephesians and us by extension would live something, not to comprehend only, but to apprehend. It's, it's, um, it's not just information, but it's application. He's saying, Ephesians, I want you to live it. So, with that in mind, let's go to the verse. You ready? Let's go phrase by phrase, and let's see what we can Catch this, not learn only, but when we walk out of here, that we can live it. You with me? I mean, how often do we come in here, chapel after chapel after chapel? Now, sometimes we come in here because we have to, right? How often do we come in those doors and we pray that little prayer, God, would you change me today? God... A lot of times I come in saying, Lord, I want to learn something today. But, but a better prayer is, God, I, I, today I want you to change me. Would you change me? May I be different after what I learned from the Scriptures? May I be a different person? So, let's see what we can both learn and as a result live. First phrase, that he, that God would grant you. God wants to give you something this morning. I mean, we're looking to Christmas. Where's Debbie Germany? Debbie Germany, uh, she takes care of Dr. Smith and me. And September 1st, what kind of music do you start playing? Christmas music. You walk in our offices, you hear Christmas music. You don't hear Halloween music. You don't hear Thanksgiving music. You hear Christmas music. And I think she would start sooner than that if some kind of station would even play it. So... So, in this verse, God wants to give you, every single day, a Christmas present that He would grant or give you. Second phrase, according to the riches of His glory. DeAndre, come up here, please. Okay. Zay, you come on. Oh, yeah. I like this. Zay, you can come again on this side of me, yeah. Right, right here. All right. Yeah, give me some room, guys. Give me some room. 
All right, now, DeAndre, I want you to tell the truth. And we have a, a witness, Jennifer. Quit taking pictures. I want you to pay attention. All right. Did you or did you not, about three or four weeks ago, I was walking in the alumni parking lot, and you tried to run me over with your car? <laughs> okay, now, so, agreed? All right, so. Um, no, 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 no. All right, so here's the, here's the phrase. According to his riches, according to God's riches. Now, this year, Elon Musk became the richest person in the world. Yeah, he's the guy, Tesla, he's the guy with SpaceX, he's, <laughs> if you can keep up with Twitter, um, he owns the world. Now, he's the richest guy in the world. If if chocolate chip cookies were money, how many chocolate chip cookies do you have? Zero. How many do I have? Oh, this is more than a plate. This is the platter. <laughs> now, let's say... If I want to give somebody out of my riches, you with me? Versus according to my riches, now I'm the richest guy in the room when it comes to chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and I want to give DeAndre out of my riches. You didn't even get a chocolate chip in that. Mm. So, here's your bag. What do I do with it? Put your chocolate chip in your, yeah. Well, that thing was good. Now, Zay. Hey, Zay. My wife wanted to say that. Um, but if I want to give according to my riches, you follow me? That was out of my riches. Now I want to give according to my riches. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't have enough room. But you want me to try anyway? I repent. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. You guys may sit down. Remember me if I'm ever in trouble. Now catch this, God, God wants to give or grant you, not him or her, listen to me, but you this morning, right now, he wants to give you something 
according to his riches. Not out of his riches, but according to his riches. But what is it? Next phrase. He wants you to be strengthened with power. Now, here at CIU, we call it the victorious Christian life. We call it the authentic Christian life. The Bible calls it the spirit-filled life. He wants to strengthen you with power this morning. So, if you struggle with sinful thoughts, stay with me. He wants to grant you power to overcome the impurity. If you struggle with debilitating habits, like an eating disorder, he wants to strengthen you with power so you can overcome it. If you struggle with crippling emotions like jealousy or pride or bitterness, he wants to strengthen you this morning, this morning, right now, so you can overcome those crippling emotions. If you have a depressing home situation, some of you just come back from home and you're looking back, you're looking forward to going back to that same depressing home situation, a home situation like I grew up in. Some of you know my story. Like the young man at the beginning of our talk, he wants to give you the power. He wants to strengthen you according to his riches. And his riches, he's the richest of the rich, our God. My cousin, let me do it different. I have a friend. Friend's father committed suicide. Talking about depressing home situation. Mother was an alcoholic. Brother committed suicide, just like his father, my friend's father. My friend gets married. First husband beat her. Had two precious girls. One girl became an alcoholic. This past spring, they found my friend's daughter dead in her apartment. She'd been locked in her apartment for so long that when the law enforcement came in, they didn't know who she was. The flesh was so deteriorated they couldn't even take fingerprints. But if you met my friend, you would sense a joy. You'd sense pain. But you'd sense a joy that's much greater than the pain. She could not endure that depressing home situation without being strengthened with power. Now, where does this power come from? It, it comes from the Spirit of God. It says, through His Spirit. Now, <clears throat> Pastor Dan was sharing with me pictures of Thanksgiving. Show me some of his grandkids. Well, here's, here are my grandchildren. Now, now we have a lot of them. Um, we have more grandkids than we do chocolate chip cookies. Uh, so, and we have a bunch of them. They, they look pretty normal, don't they? But they're not. 
they have superhero power. And at Thanksgiving, here's a picture of us. Now, the big one in the back, that is I. And who knows who I'm dressed as? Black Adam. Now, um, click it one more time, please, Caleb. Um, It was only natural because we looked so much alike from the neck down. So even though my grandchildren look normal, when they appropriate their superhero power, even though I'm bigger, heavier, stronger, next slide please, when when they exercise their superhero power, I don't stand a chance. Now they cheated because you can tell that one of them sat on my face and that's just not fair. So. God wants to strengthen us with power through His Spirit. You and I can have superhero power. We often want to live it vicariously through some movie or through some game, but God says, no, you can live it in reality. Today, I will give it to you. And where is this power located or or given? Next phrase, it's in the inner man in the inner man. Now, let me try to give you as many reasons as possible before we run out of time here, why it's so important that today you appropriate God's power through His Spirit in your inner man. Verse 17, the first part of it says, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Let me explain what this means. Uh, It doesn't mean that they pray to receive Christ, that Christ would come and live in their heart and dwell in their heart. They're already believers. That word dwell means to be comfortable, to be at home in. So it means, it means just that. If, if I came to your house and it was immaculate, I'd, especially if I had my 11 grandchildren, I, I'd feel a little uncomfortable because I'd be afraid that one of them might break something or mess something up or spill something like runaway chocolate chip cookies. So the dirtier your house would be, the more comfortable I would feel. But when it comes to Jesus, the cleaner your, the, the, the home of your heart is, the more comfortable He is. But our home has different rooms, and we often let Him have access to two or three rooms in our heart. But we keep some other rooms and we keep them dirty. We keep them messy. We keep them unholy. So follow the logic here. Christ is most honored in your life when He's most comfortable in your life. And He's most comfortable in your life when your life is the cleanest. So He wants you to be as clean as possible, so He's as comfortable as possible, so He's, he, he's glorified as much as possible. 
Now, you cannot change yourself in your own strength. You've tried it. I've tried it. I cannot change myself. I need a superhero power. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to transform me from the inside out. And Paul is praying, Ephesians, I want you to appropriate by faith the Holy Spirit's power so you'll be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. So here's your takeaway. The more power you appropriate by faith, the cleaner you get. Second reason. This is verse seven, the second part of verse 17 um, to verse uh, up to 19. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ. Now, what does this mean? People are often, you're often told in here, you need to love Jesus more. You need to love Him more. But what Paul is praying for the Ephesians, he's saying, oh, I want you to know how much God loves you. If you only knew how much He loved you. If you only knew how much He loved you. So what he's saying is, if you know how much He loves you, then there's nothing in between you and God. You get to Him as close, you get to be as close as possible. So he's saying this, let us keep following his logic because I want you to have this next takeaway. The more power you appropriate by faith, the cleaner you get. The cleaner you get, the closer you can get. And the closer you get to someone, the better able you are to hear their voice. So if I come and I whisper to DeAndre, you can't hear me, but he can hear me. He can hear me because we're close, even though he tries to kill me at times in the parking lot. <laughs> we used to be closer. I guess if you ran over me, we'd be really close. And the amazing thing about God is when you get close to Him and you listen to His voice, He likes to tell you how much He loves you. Now, here's my story. Here's just part of my story. It was, in 19, it was January the 2nd, 1981. Uh, click it, um, Caleb. Yes. January 2nd, 1981, I'm, I'm just in my devotional time and I'm flat on my face on the ground, not because I was trying to be spiritual, but because we lived in Florida and we had those little windows, you crank the handle and the, all the little panes go up and it was freezing outside. It was so cold. It was the only little heater in the front part of the house and I was lying straight on it because I was freezing to death in our house. And that morning, January the 2nd, 1981, God changed my life because I realized in a deeper way how much He loved me. I had been so filled with worry. Why filled with worry? Go, go quickly with me here, Caleb. Because I had a fear of failure. Now, I'm not saying I don't have any fears anymore. Don't get me wrong. There's always growing the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. And not only was I struggling with worry all the time, I struggled with insecurity. Why insecurity? Because there was a fear of rejection. These two fears came because I believed a lie, and the lie, go ahead, Caleb, 
was PBA, performance-based acceptance. I believed my acceptance was based on my performance. Why did I believe that? Because I listened to my earthly father. My earthly father said, I will not love you unless you become a medical doctor. Then I came to Christ. And on January the 2nd, 1981, I, 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 I realized the truth. The eyes of my heart were enlightened, and God gave me a realization of just a brief, uh, the breadth and length and height and depth, and it's continuing to grow over the years. And I realized the truth is my acceptance is based on my performance, just like yours, but the performance is Jesus's. It's not mine. I'm accepted because of His performance. And so, the closer I got to the Lord, the better able I was to hear Him tell me, I love you. I love you. I love you. And so, listening to our Heavenly Father. Now, I'm not saying I know His love as deep as I should. The last month, you know that song, His goodness is running after, it's running after me? You know that song? I like to change the words of songs. And what I've been singing last month is, His love is running after, running after. And I like to pretend like I'm over here, and I look back, and here's this great big love just coming, running, and He's going to tackle me and smother me. Don't get any ideas. All right, so here are your takeaways. The more power you appropriate by faith, the cleaner you get on the inside. The cleaner you get on the inside, the closer you get to God. The closer you get to God, the better you're able to hear His voice. May I go one more minute? No? All right, let's pray. I want you to go back and read verse 19. That's the closer you get to God. All right, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. There's a great almighty God who loves you very much, who's wanted to give you something this morning. He wants to give you power. It's a power that's available by faith. You have to appropriate it by faith. And as you appropriate His power, His Holy Spirit's power, the rooms in your heart are transformed and you get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. And the cleaner you get, the closer you get to Him. And the closer you get to Him, ultimately the more conformed you are by Him to the image of Christ. So this morning, it all begins with praying God. Would you strengthen me by your spirit in my inner man? Now, I'm going to pray that, and if, if you want to pray that, you just pray it after me and, and, and silently. Father God, I need your power this morning. According to the riches of your glory, your glorious riches, I need your power. Would you strengthen me this morning by your Spirit 
in my inner man. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Raise your hand if you prayed that this morning. Just, just raise it. Raise it high. Now listen to me, please. It's not a one and done. Throughout the day, you keep praying, Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me. Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me. That's the victorious Christian life. You're dismissed. God bless you. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.